Attention, 21st Century. Today's episode of 20th Century Popcast ruins the closing moments of the beloved TV series The X-Files, Will and Grace, and Roseanne. Unless you're watching the current revivals, in which case you know how that went. Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Popcast, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. See what I did there is I tried something different. Usually I will say something. Normally <laughs> you will. Let me try not to say anything right now, see what happens. And nothing happens. So well, what was interesting, yeah, because yeah, normally no. you say something because that's what happens. That's right, what and normally when happen. I say something, you're also saying something. <laughs> so I decided... Is that true? Just, that's usually true, yeah. We kind of both you, start, and then oh, we so stumble over each other, and then oh. we have a hard time starting the show. But not today. That's how the, no, today was just dead air. It was like space, <laughs> blank space. See, because I, th- I thought we always do that, and for some reason, the, the, I always, maybe it was just this time, I always feel like the momentum is, this is who I am, then you go, and this is who I am, and Tim, and then you say something, and then we, right. we start. But I guess that's exactly. not, you're saying I'm talking normally when you do that, is what uh, you're saying. I start to say, I, uh, hey, Tim, and often, you know, not, not often, we'll have to go back and, I'll, I'll go back through every episode and I'll, I'll tally. We have to go listen to 61 episodes now. That, that's amazing. Wow. I, counting I thought this we one. were on the thirtieth. Uh, that's not true. I was here for the fiftieth anniversary episode. Um, yeah, what show are you on? And uh, why don't I take show? What else am I on? Just ask. Well, yes. Oh, you beat me to it. See, you didn't just talk over me. You beat me <laughs> to the joke that I was going to make. What are we going to well, spoil tonight, Tim? Besides well, the opening. <laughs> That would have been good sooner, maybe. <laughs> and then I would have been like, oh, we're going to jump right into it. Hey, oh, and there would have been that little back and forth. But no, we're not spoiling. Actually, tonight, tonight, we're saying tonight. I assume people listen to this during right. the day. At um, any time. We're heading anytime. Anytime USA. That's what we're listening to. We're going back. So we do segments on the show. We do the RetroShocks, the Binge and Podcasts. Today, we're going back to a segment that I don't think we've been back to since August. We're doing something today. It's a segment that we had started early on in the show that I thought was going to happen more often than not. It's called Effin Spoilers. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's when we take a look at um, things from past culture, secrets or surprises or plot points, things about the show that while or movie that while we were watching it originally, we didn't know were there. And had we known, would have been exactly what the, the word says. Spoiler. They would have ruined the experience. Things like Darth Vader being Luke's father. Things like uh, the the individual in the crying game being a guy. Things like uh, the Karate Kid, well, he wins. You know these kind of things. Yeah. Um, and 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 uh, I feel like I'm spoiling it now because I'm stuttering. But but just just discussing how that changes the pop culture. Because again, spoiler. It's it's not a term I knew until this century. It's not a term I knew really until the internet right. was getting information out there a lot. Like. Do you remember, in terms of watching movies as a kid, trying to avoid information before you saw it, not wanting to have the movie ruined? Was that a practice that that you had as a kid? No, it wasn't a practice I had as a kid. I didn't try uh, to avoid things. I tended just to not know because technology wasn't around like like it is today, and and the internet, like just like you're saying. Um, I would even watch, like, the closest thing we would get to is, like, watching Entertainment Tonight and seeing somebody on set somewhere. And maybe that would be interesting, but I wouldn't try to avoid that. And I wouldn't let it spoil anything. It would just be something neat to see. Um, But, yeah, no, it wasn't something I practiced until, like you're saying, this century. And I do practice it this century. I do try to avoid things. I don't know if that's what we're doing today, exactly. No, not exactly. Um, what, what we're doing today, in a roundabout way, and, and it will tie into this concept of, 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 of spoilers. Um, what are we talking about? Today, we're, we're going to be talking about uh, TV show uh, revivals, I think. We're going to be talking about not, not, not really reboots, but revivals where shows are brought back. You know, shows right. like The X Files, or shows uh, continue. Shows like, 
It's a continuation. A continuation of the X Files. It's not uh, a start over. It's not a new cast. It's a continuation. Right. Yeah. And and I think the X Files is one. Will and Grace is another. And Roseanne. Those are the three we're going to be talking about today. All three are are, are shows that that have had this year have had uh, continuations or revivals, but. Um, they're all coming back after a period of being off the air. In the case of Roseanne, I think 20-something years. In case of The X-Files, I think it was like 15 years. Will and Grace, it's like eight years or something. So these are long periods of time since we last watched these shows. And the spoiler part of this, the angle that we're going to take, because, yeah, we're kind of talking about 21st century shows in terms of them coming back and even some of these finales. But each of these three shows, The X-Files, Will and Grace, and Roseanne, there are shows that if you followed them, you know, if you followed them from during their lengthy run, they all kind of built up to a finale. Each of these shows had a series finale that gave a definitive ending to the storyline and the characters' lives with the knowledge that this was it. This is your last episode of this show. And to a varying degree, as we're going to see as we're talking about it, to bring these shows back we kind of have to deal with that, deal with the finality of a series finale in the context of the show, just so we can get back on the air. And and what I think we're going to find is that each of these three shows at the, at the end of it kind of had to wipe away their series finale in order to continue. Right. And I don't know. I mean, there are, we're, we're both kind of like completists. You've said that before you say about music, but like when we watch stuff, we've, we have both watched series through to their ending. It's fulfilling, right? Kind of to get to the end of a show like that. And to, and to see what the writers and creators intent was on completing that story. And sure, there's implications of what goes on afterwards, but, but here's the, the last page, the last chapter book is over show is over and you get a, you get either a good or bad feeling from that hopefully it's good um if they've mm-hmm. done their job well and you move on to the next series of new characters and new stories and new ideas so that's important i feel like that that contains a series and some sort of a a way of just dealing with it experiencing it so um right off the bat why don't we start with the x files which is a show we've talked about before um yes. it was one of my if not my favorite, one of my favorite shows of the 90s. You followed it for a while. You didn't watch it to the end, though, did you? I, I didn't. I tried to, and I just I missed an episode here or there. And we didn't have streaming services at the time. And so I, because of the way that the stories are told, I couldn't really get back into it. And so I, I eventually didn't even try. The, the show ran long. I think it maybe ran longer than it could have. But, but to talk about just the series finale, the last two-hour episode of this nine-season show mm-hmm. that I followed for eight of those nine years. I didn't really watch it the first year. But that it's ending. It's last episode. It actually ends on a pretty amazing note. You know, you're talking about an ongoing storyline, talking about the what they call the mythology of the series. If we're going to follow that, there's this whole storyline about a about a perpetu- about preparing for an alien invasion. Aliens are coming back to Earth, and there's a secret government deal with it. And the way the show ended, this alien invasion was unavoidable. A date had already been set. You know, they reveal it in the episode as being December 21st, 2012, which has long been held in apocalyptic culture as an important date because it tied into like the pattern of the Mayan calendar. It was even referenced in season two. There's an episode that gives a countdown to how many years the aliens are showing up. And if you do the math, it's to 2012. So they always had this in their head as kind of an end game. You know, the show is always moving towards it. And and so, you know, the aliens are going to come back. And they're going to colonize the Earth. And, and it gets revealed to Mulder and Scully that this date has always existed, basically being it was unavoidable. I loved that ending. It gave weight to the alien mythology. You know, it sort of reflected this fatalistic mentality that the show, I think, had in various episodes. But there was also this strange comfort in that we're ending on our two heroes before, before it was done. You know, they didn't succeed but the show was always about them, and it was always about their pursuit. 
and we're ending on them together so that the last thing we see isn't the alien attack, isn't even if they tried to fight it. It's just that they, at least for this limited time, as we all have an existence for the futility of trying to fight death, they have each other. And that was just a powerful way, I think, to end the show. I mean, it was a, it was two hours of exposition, basically explaining the show leading up to that. But I really liked that. That sounds awesome. It sounds like the kind of thing I kind of want to go back to. Uh, so that's great to hear. I, I, and that's, that's how it ends, right? Nothing else happens after that, I hope. Well, it seems like that's how it should end, right? Because eventually what's going to happen, you're going to hit 2012 and then the aliens are supposed to arrive. So that was season nine. When it came time for them to do season 10, when they thought, we'll bring the X-Files back, this was 2016, January 2016. So the alien invasion has happened and we get to watch what happens and, and what they're doing in light of that. You would think. You would think if you're going to follow this finale, that would happen. But for the show to exist, right off the bat, they have to wipe that off the slate. Mm-hmm. They, they have to somehow, and they do with a toss-away line that the date had come and gone, and the aliens deemed the Earth unsalvageable, and they moved along. It's always a toss-away type of thing, too, isn't it? It seems. Right. Just a real quick, let's get past this, and here's the story I wrote that involves these characters and nothing else that has to do with anything that came before them. Well, it has to be a toss-off, otherwise you'd be dealing with the storyline still. You'd have to, and, and I feel like you could have done something. I don't know what it would have been. That's what I think. With, with, with all these revivals, and I'll be honest, I haven't seen any of them, so you, you're going to have to fill me in. But I would hope that they would at least continue the actual story. So I am disheartened, uh, not surprised, but disheartened to hear that the X-Files revivals just wrote off. Uh, it didn't really happen, and here's why. And now we're going to investigate a swamp monster. Um, that's, that's unfortunate. And I think exactly the point we're trying to make here uh, to, to discuss is, is why, why do that to a show? Well... And in the case of this, they did it because how else are you going to do the show? (laughs) How else do you bring back Mulder and Scully? And I think part of the problem with this revival, part of the reasons that I think, even if you find a way to cleverly wipe away the finale, if you're going to return to any form of the show, to any type of the mythology episodes, the, the underlying alien themes... It's going to be anticlimactic, so it might as well be a reboot, you know? You might as well redo the show with, with I mean, either with new characters, like they were trying to do with Doggett, the, the Pat, Robert Patrick and, and Annabeth Gish characters, or just restart the show. Because here's the thing, X-Files, as much as I love it, doesn't work as it was anymore. You know, it, it, the alien storyline, it was the paranoia of the 90s. It was a Clinton-era paranoia. Yeah. Paranoia in the Trump times, you, you, you can't be matched for that in your little sci-fi procedural. And they tried, and they tried to look at stuff about making humans more the villains and blah, blah, blah. But but it, it, I, I think if, if you're going to do that, then you need to retool the show from the, the bottom up because... I mean, you, you look at something like Star Trek. You know, Star Trek had its original run. And when they brought it back, they brought back Star Trek The Next Generation. And, 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 and basically, Star Trek The Next Generation, it's the same concept, recognizable mm-hmm. ship, recognizable opening and theme. But you're getting a new generation of characters, you know, a wider W-I-D-E-R cast of, of, of characters. So you have different stories, different encounters, and they jump ahead in time. Right. So it's reflecting a different period that can mimic the period you're you're in. The problem with the X Files was, it was always about two people. You know, it was always about Mulder and Scully, separate and together. And as time has passed, it doesn't make sense to go back to them. You know. Their lives technically should have ended in 2012 when these aliens invaded, but since they didn't and they lived on, they're, they're not interesting characters. And this sounds harsh, but it's, it's, they've gotten older, and it's like 
for what their job as an FBI agent entails in the scope of what you know I want from the X-Files, you're not going to get that from a 60-year-old Mulder. Right. You don't want to see that character running around. And Scully's skepticism doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. You know, it, doesn't, it doesn't hold up. So they've outlived their usefulness to the story as characters because to keep them in that position... You have to do that weird thing that comic books do, which is comic books, as time goes on, the characters don't age, except when it's appropriate. If they had a child, maybe the child gets older. Or if they were in a certain war, they might be a little older. But but the surroundings adapt, but the characters are allowed to kind of exist in this constantly retooled, you know, lack of aging, whatever. But you can't yeah. do that with a real cast. And in the case of The X-Files... Whatever made that show great, you just can't replicate it again, right? Because that, it's done. It would it would make sense and it would be smarter, like you're saying. To, you know, if you want to tell stories like that again, just hey, start over. Here's Jimmy and Tanya, and they work for the FBI, and one's uh, a believer and one is not. Easy enough. What, now, would you watch that? Do you think you would watch that if they did that? Know, Here's I, the new The X Files. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't, but somebody else might. Somebody else might get out of it what we got out of the original X Files. Um, there are shows that uh, M- MacGyver is a huge example for me. I absolutely loved watching MacGyver as a kid, and I have no interest in the reboot. Uh, but it's into its second or third season, so it's people enjoy it. So. Uh, that's but, a reboot, that's, right? That doesn't have any connections to the original no, one, does it? None that I'm aware of. I don't watch it, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a new character. It's not like it's not a prequel or anything like that. Although I think maybe it starts out with him younger. It's not a prequel that leads up to the events that occurred in the '80s and '90s. It's just here's MacGyver. We're going to start a little younger with him, but it's basically a new new thing. Now, what what why do you think they brought that back? What what was the impetus to be like? Oh, you know what we need again is a MacGyver. What, what and why wasn't there any thought of bringing Richard Dean Anderson back? Uh, well, I think they were smarter than what happened with the X Files, in that it was a popular enough show uh, that people would watch it. People might be uh, uh, reminiscent for it. I certainly was when I heard "Bless You." Thank you. Uh, when I heard that they were rebooting MacGyver, I did get excited. I thought, "Oh, that'd be cool." Uh, but then oh, I, really? You weren't annoyed or, or cautious? No, about it? no. I mean, I was a little cautious, but more so, I was excited. I mean, that's a show that's about one person. If the X Files had two people, I mean, that's a, a show about the person whose name is in the title, right? Uh, but the, the, just the, I like the idea of MacGyver. I like the idea of having this character. I liked MacGyver, the character. He was genial and and smart and funny and oh so attractive and mm. <laughs> so despite his jacket he had a horrible jacket i liked his jacket it wasn't so bad he had a bruce willis and pulp fiction like jacket. <laughs> i liked his jeep didn't like his truck so much but i liked his jeep anyway i don't remember him wearing a jeep but... i liked the show and so when they were going to reboot it I had some interest in it. I followed it a little bit. Then I saw some of the casting that happened, and I was like, oh, I don't really like that actor. Uh, one of the guys from the CSI is an, uh, another guy from, I think he was an X-Man, um, that yeah, is actually was, uh, Havoc. playing uh, MacGyver. Um, so I wasn't in love with some of those choices. And then I think I watched a little bit of it and didn't like the tone of it. For me, it was the tone. It wasn't the same tone of the MacGyver I liked. It was more modern, which, of course, it probably would be. It's a little bit more aggressive. It wasn't as lackadaisical. MacGyver is just so laid back. Like, he always just ends up in in some issue and is like, oh, well, let me just get this paperclip and this fried egg and we'll get out of it. Uh, Whereas this is much more intense because that's what shows are these days. Uh, So, yeah, I wasn't really all that interested in it. But it was the smart. But did it feel like sacrilege? Did it feel like how dare they? Was there ever a moment of that for you? No, I think no, not really. I think MacGyver is this pop culture icon. MacGruber has made fun of it. You know, it's uh, it's it's bigger than some sort of small thing that I've held on to uh, that I was a fan of. So for me, this was this was everyone's pop culture, and so it was it was fine that of course they'd want to repackage it and resell it. Uh, but to get back to the the X Files, comparing it to the X Files, um, they didn't bring Richard Dean Anderson back and have him be an older MacGyver because you're right, it wouldn't make sense. 
he wouldn't be able to wheel his uh, chair around and, and, and fix things as quickly as possible. Um, and the story, I mean, MacGyver was never about some overarching mythology. Um, so it was easier to just throw somebody new into it. I, so it made sense. The X-Files, I think you could have rebooted it. Again, it is a different paranoia, like you're saying, so maybe it wouldn't have worked. Maybe it wouldn't be the X-Files. Maybe it would be something else. I think they have X-Files-type shows that maybe are more about espionage these days instead of aliens. So so those themes are still there, and those characters, those couples are still kind of um, there. And yeah, so to bring the X-Files back as a continuation, but and, and that's the thing, too. It's not even really a continuation. It's let's clear the slate start over but it's the same characters and yeah it it doesn't work do you think it's worked with any of these other two will and grace and roseanne have you watched any roseanne um well i haven't watched roseanne i was gonna save that for last uh but will and grace i well i think it's interesting to talk about because will and grace that premiered that's a show that just came back this season (laughs) it is a show sitcom premiered in 1998 um, did you watch this when it was on? Were you a fan of Will and Grace when it aired? I did. I liked Will and Grace the way that I like just sitting back and watching something when nothing else is on. It wasn't a show that I had to see. It wasn't a show that I followed. Um, if Harry Connick Jr. was going to be on it, I'd watch those episodes. But, I was on a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I wouldn't. Uh, I wasn't a, a follower of Will and Grace. Have you ever seen the 2006 finale of the show, the last episode of the original run of it? I don't know if I have. Um, I may have. Uh, jog my memory. Please. Well, it's kind of an odd hour, really. Um, the last season, you know, we're talking about Will and Grace being close friends. The last season was kind of all about testing the bounds of that relationship, sort of straining it. You know, this idea that neither one can get into a relationship because they're too reliant on each other as friends. You know, like she's dating Harry Connick Jr. in the season. He's dating this officer named Vince. And, and, and it just, it, the, the, the season shows the, the downside of their friendship a little bit mm. to the point that in the episode leading up to the finale, they have this massive argument. I forget exactly what about, but they have a huge fight. And that leads up to the finale, which at the start of the finale, they go their separate ways. They're like, I can't be around you anymore. And they, they each go their separate ways. And there's a series of time jumps that shows that like Grace marries Harry Connick Jr., uh, uh, Will marries Vince, and, and neither one of them sees each other until 17 years later. You get this scene, it starts to play almost like, oh, is this two actors pretending to be Will and Grace the first time they met? You see two kids, a guy and a girl, meeting for the first time on the floor of a dorm of their college. And as they settle in for their freshman year, you realize one's Will's kid and one's Grace's kid, and this is how they, re- they meet up again. All right. By coincidence, Will and Grace meet up because their kids meet up. And their kids end up marrying each other, which is kind of strange. It's this weird conservative fulfillment for people in a way. But it also allows the two of them to get back together along with Jack and Kara. And they reunite for this toast. And it's an odd finale. But it's an interesting one because it's kind of realistic showing the development of a friendship. And it also, what I kind of liked about it, I guess, is that it sets up a world where if we were to ever go back to this world, you could only return to Will or Grace because their paths should be separate, you know, until like, I don't know, 2023 or whatever it is, their kids get to college. And that was interesting to me. You know, it was interesting to me that they sealed the door shut on a revival because there's a period of time where they weren't going to see each other. Well, I, and I haven't, I haven't caught the revival episodes, but it must take place in the future where they are now maybe grandparents to their infant, you know, their 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 sons and daughter uh, have have had a kid or something, right? And now maybe it's more of a familial type of show. Is that right? Well, it's it's Will and Grace. It's the show that it used to be. They live together in an apartment in New York with their friends. <laughs> um, they're older, and it's kind of nice because you're seeing them older. But no, the the very first episode of this new season, the premiere. Um, last year, I think it was in September when it premiered, they undid the finale with a quick conversation that explained that, yes, Will and Grace had a fight, but everything else was just a dream that their friend Jack had had, that none of that would have ever happened, that it would have been ridiculous for that to have happened. I see. It's, it's like Bobby Ewing in the shower. 
it's a bit like Bobby Ewing in the shower. Yes. Got it. And then the show can move on from there. And, and truthfully, I love this revival. I think it's, um, it's been, an, with the exception of maybe two episodes, I didn't care for the premiere. I didn't care for their Christmas episode. But everything else, I, it's, these are great characters. And it's really great to see them again. These actors really know them. Nice. And it's nice to see them because you're seeing their place in the world as older individuals. Like they're actually allowed to age. A big thing about the show is that it was always kind of about their development, their growth, their evolution. And we get to see that. We get to see what it's like for them to be in their 50s. We get to see what it's like for them to all the things that have happened technology-wise and socially in the interim between the shows. That's great. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, it's 12 years later or, or whatever since the finale and... They live in the same apartment still? I mean, does that happen? <laughs> That's the weird place where it's almost, again, like that weird suspended animation it comic books where it's like, well, it could, I, I guess lived, it could. I lived in the same apartment for 10 years. Yeah. That was, that's close. Okay. And I think you said it was an eight-year uh, gap between the finale and this one. So uh, that, you're right. It could happen. Although they were in the apartment uh, for years before that. But at the same time, they're growing. And a big aspect of the finale was just on recently for this new season, and it kind of deals with this idea. Are you majorly let down that that interesting original finale is no longer canon, so to speak? Well, I would be if the show was crap. Like, we wouldn't have the show sure. if the finale was. that makes sense. So I'm happy to have the show again. What's weird... And I don't know if I'm saddened by it, or, but it does hit me a little bit. It's the fact that that finale, that original finale that, in a way, the series was working towards, you know, this finale that I did watch when it aired. I remember the very next day it was available for sale on Target, and I bought the DVD and watched it, wow. you know, and I was invested in it. Like, this, it's weird. There's, there are audible gasps from the studio audience during certain reveals of this finale. I remember that. Like, people are like, ooh, you know, like you're getting this real interaction of this is an interesting story. Yeah. And that's no longer canon. You know? Yeah. That, it, it's, and, and I just, again, I was saying at the beginning, we're both kind of like completists. We like getting these full series. So I'm just like, right. in the bigger span of the story, then what is that episode? What was that experience? What, what Where is the importance now? of this involved, developed storyline that it really felt like they were building up to, to cut it out of the run of the show. Because that's the thing. Everything else, if, if you do cut that finale out, you know, if you allow the episode that led up to it to have been their argument, then you skip ahead. It is 12 years, because 2006 was when it aired. Mm. Skip ahead 12 years and find them again and their friends. There's continuity there without that finale. You figure they made up in the interim, things have happened, but it makes sense because they've grown as characters, and I like that. But there's still this lingering sense of what was it? You know, I want these things to have weight. I yeah. want my experience with a show to have importance. And if this show originally had an ending, how do I deal with the fact that they're back, that this little episode, does it just get pulled now from the rotation? Do you not watch it? It's not like an Elseworlds thing. Yeah. It's more like, I don't know. There's, 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 yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. Does that make sense to you? Does it sound ridiculous? No, it, it does. I mean, I think it's interesting that it matters a little less because the quality of the return is, is decent enough. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas, like, the X-Files, you're not satisfied with the, the way that new episodes have gone. And so that makes it even worse that they've destroyed what that finale was. Um, no, but that totally makes sense because because you do. You invest in that. You put time and energy and effort into that, and then you get to that part, and then that means something to you, and you have a reaction to it. You're emotionally invested. You have that big sigh, and it's over, and you either are happy or sad, and that's invalidated when it all comes back. And it's like, no, you, you shouldn't have had those feelings because this didn't actually happen. And so it does kind of play on you but a little bit. But look how tightly I'm, yeah, but how tightly am I clinging to this fictional piece of work that I'm allowing the fictional work to tell me this one piece of the fiction never happened? But that's what, that's, that's what we expect fiction. We want it in that moment. We want that fiction to be real and true to us. 
And mm-hmm. it's okay if it pulls the, the wool over our eyes for a purpose or changes the outcome for uh, an interesting story or an interesting reveal. But if it simply does it because it's like, well, we didn't, we're going to do it again. We're going to start over. So let's <laughs> ignore that part. Then, then it's like you've, you've lost me a bit. And that's part of why I haven't really returned to these shows because it's like you, you, you told mm-hmm. your story. You, you finished your story. Um, I'm not interested in what you have left to say. And, and for good or for bad, uh, some, it sounds like I'm missing out with Will and Grace. It sounds like that's doing it right. Um, I, I mean, I'm enjoying it, but I think what you're saying is interesting because I don't know how to deal with this. Because let me ask you, you saw The Force Awakens, right? I did. You saw uh, The Last Jedi, I did. Correct? Why did you go see those when Return of the Jedi wraps up the Skywalker saga. George Lucas himself has said the saga wrapped up what well, he says with Revenge of the Sith, but Return of the Jedi ties up that story right. pretty neatly. Sure. To the point that the books that follow are sad because it's kind of like, nope, all this horrible stuff happened afterwards. So why did you return to something like The Force Awakens? Why could you go see that? Uh, because I think, I think that's different because it set up a world, uh, a universe, uh, a cast of characters, but also... Uh, a style, um, a mystery, a mythical force, different weapons, a different place that you can put different characters in there and and find interesting stories. Um, yes, But they didn't just do that. Han Solo comes back. Princess Leia comes back. Uh, under, yeah. And, and What's his name? Luke Skywalker comes back. Yes. And they come back and there is more story to tell. I don't think it... it, it I don't think like these uh, series, it changes or nulls and voids what happened it continues the story it fills in some blanks it's like well what happened next is you know oh Han Solo dies Princess Leia becomes a widow Luke Skywalker never got the happiness of being a Jedi all of these things which are great and I enjoy and I'm glad the story is going that way but shouldn't I feel like from what you're saying because I buy into it shouldn't I have been hesitant to go see these things why sure because these and it I think cha- we all were changes hesitant. the setup of that. I think we were all hesitant. Yeah, of course we were hesitant to go back. But was that hesitancy based on that, or was it based on the prequels? I think the existence of the prequels made people the, suddenly nervous for more certainly Star Wars. Whereas Phantom Menace, I mean, was there nerves for Phantom Menace when that was coming out? Did you ever have a second where you thought this might not be any good? Uh, and boy, were you proven wrong. Was I proven wrong? Uh, no, there. Were, I don't think I did have any sense that this wasn't going to be uh, the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace was going to be bad. I never thought that. It's mm-hmm. it's fucking Star Wars. It's going to be awesome. And it also takes place before it the takes place before. I, I, so I, get I thought that. it would be cool. Um, and there are aspects of it I will enjoy, but yeah. Um, and that crawl, man, that was an amazing crawl. Those letters, <laughs> they were going away from me, uh, but I thought they were in front. Yeah, until I awesome. started reading it. But anyway, going to the <laughs> sequels, um, my hesitancy was just I wasn't sure what story they were going to tell and how they were going to tell it. But I, I still was excited to see what happened next. So, yeah, maybe we had this this moment at the end of um, Jedi where – Things were wrapped up and things looked like they were going in the right direction. But to find out that they weren't didn't take away from that. It's just like, That's here's true. the next story. So, yeah, maybe they did put the wool over. They're not rewriting Yeah, anything. they're not changing yeah. that that happened. It's just, here's what continued next. Whereas these shows are like, no, that didn't happen. Here's what's happening instead. It would be one thing if these finales were weak. If you were to say, like, I don't like how that show ended, let's give it the proper send-off. Because I feel like that's that happens in movies. I think Terminator constantly tries to do that. But these are good finales. Like, for, I saw both of these finales and loved them. Yes, the X-Files finale could have been better. But for what it was, it did something. And it did it right. And it made sense in the context of the show. Same with the Will and Grace one. So... Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's different from Star Wars because they're telling you that doesn't exist. But I don't get why that's so hard for me to grasp. Comic books rewrite and reboot all the time. Maybe that's the wrong word. I'm trying to steer clear of reboot. But comic books constantly have to alter their history to maintain something because they keep going in the span of time. Partly because the characters aren't aging. This might be harder for television because it's sort of a new concept for television, I think. 
Um, I think we're just used to television being a, a set series, and then it's over, and we don't see. You see not it watch again. the nineteen nineties, the Brady's. Um, I did watch the 1990s, the Brady's. And actually, I was going to go back to a couple of those things. So you've got the Brady's. You also returned to Gilligan's Island. Uh, I think times. the Waltons come back. Uh, Never watched th- them. you got the Munsters yeah, today. Yeah, the Munsters today. Um, and they even tell you in the theme song, we're the Munsters today. They even tell you that. But some of these are more spinoffs. I guess they're, they're more spinoffs than continuations. But, but they're continuations... They're continuations that I think, and I don't know for sure, if the Brady Bunch had this really conclusive finale where everybody dies. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I don't think that those series had the type of finale that changed when they came back. I think they could come back and just say, oh, let's see where they are now. Whereas uh, what we're talking about are finales that had a distinctive this is how it ends. This is what happens. This is a huge event. They don't talk to each other for 10, 15 years. The aliens are going to destroy the world. And then they say, oh, no, no, that didn't happen. I think those other shows didn't didn't have that. And I think it's it, – and, and, yeah, so I say it's not something that happens a lot in TV, but clearly it has happened before. Um, so, yeah, I guess, I guess our problem is TV – I think it's because TV – if you think about what we just referenced – TV is is sort of better than that now, and so they have, and we're older, and so the the finales are more meaningful, and we're more connected. And I think when they change that on us, it does make it more difficult to move on. Did you think? Did you see the Roseanne finale, the original Roseanne finale? Well, that's um, yeah, I've I've since seen it. That's the one I'm going to because here's I you you clarified a couple things for me that that going into this now i'm like okay um both will and grace and the x-files as you just said to come back they had to somehow rework something and in the case of will and grace it was to actually say this thing you saw you actually saw doesn't exist because that finale gave you the full story So that's kind of weird to me. The X-Files, we didn't actually see the alien invasion, but it was set up with a certain mood, and then they, they, they backtrack on that. So both of those examples that come back, they have to finagle and kind of derail the impact of the life because they both had lives that went separately that wouldn't allow for the show. Roseanne, and, and truthfully, Roseanne, this, this is actually the one that spawned the idea for this episode. Um, I want to th- thank a listener of ours. Her name is Gretchen. Um, she's a singer in Boston. I'll have to link her in the show notes confirming her last her last name. But uh, but 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 we know her. We actually went to college with her. Um, she suggested we take a look at the recent Roseanne revival in in a tweet. Thanks, Gretchen. Well, yeah, I would say thank you too because as an offer, she almost immediately rescinded it <laughs> once the more disgusting public display of Roseanne as a person um, hit the media scape. But but here's the thing: it's worth looking at Roseanne in the context of a show coming back because truthfully as a show that could come back, this is one that could keep going, you know, cause it was nothing but about a family. Right. And families continue, you know, often in the same house, they didn't do a time jump. They didn't give you the sense of what was coming. So it makes sense that you could come back to this and see where they're at. Check in. You like a TV specials do this all the time, you know, with, with like a special Christmas two hour version of Welcome Back Cotter or whatever. And you, you see where they are. But but w- what I thought was odd about this or what is odd is, is that you're asking me if I ever saw it. the final season of Roseanne. And no, I just, was this a show you watched? Did you watch Roseanne growing up? I did. I watched Roseanne like first four five, maybe six seasons pretty regularly. Um, up through when she owned a diner and Tracy Lords was, uh, one of the waitresses. Um, that, that much I remember beyond that, it's all hearsay to me. I've heard things that have happened, uh, in the last season. Yeah, I didn't actually watch the last season either. I know the season that preceded it, Dan had a heart attack and he was in the hospital. I think, from what I understand, the final season um, is it's almost like this alternate world. I don't know, the Connors win the lottery. They, they, they're rich. I think there's, a, there's an action episode aboard a speeding train. You know, and, and in a way, that last season just sounded like an exaggerated and fantastic sort of like pseudo-soap opera. 
which shows do. I think a lot of shows, when they run out of steam, it's like, well, I guess we got to move to a houseboat. Oh, I guess we're going to go from working at the college to opening a store or whatever, you know. But whatever it is, shows do this. And I think the last season of Roseanne was kind of doing this. Um, and what, from what I've read, and again, I've only watched the very end of it on YouTube, but um, all of that last season, season, the final season of Roseanne, is in the finale is revealed to be a fictionalized version of events that Roseanne Connor was writing, you know, something like in a book or a journal. And that what actually happened was at the end of the previous season, when Dan had his heart attack, instead of the actor leaving the show and it being explained to somewhere else, he died. He suffered a massive heart attack and died. And the character of Roseanne Connor turned to working on this fiction to cope. And this fiction eventually becomes a book and, the closing moments of, of the finale are, are, are kind of this, almost like a monologue she's writing about struggling and surviving as family. And it's some powerful comments and, you know, to close off a sitcom, one that I didn't follow, but one that I know, you know, left a mark on society. That's a fitting way to end a show that sought to represent a real working class. You know, tragedy sets in and you keep going and there's some closure to the story. You know, so, I mean, that makes sense. And you could follow that up. All in the family did it. I mean, I don't think years and years passed, but Edith, uh, Archie Bunker's wife, Edith dies. And the show kept going with him as a widower. Um, So that's how it ended. So obviously, in true revival fashion, when ABC brings Roseanne back, they've got to undo that last episode. You know, they have to have Dan Connor there. They have to have John Goodman there. So... I don't know. I, I think there's just a line in the opening I saw in a commercial where he's just like, why does everyone always think I'm dead? And they just write it off. Right. Not just yeah. that finale, but an entire season. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen this revival. And so, I yeah, do they even mention the book? I don't know. But what to make of that? It's like your character died. Yeah. He died. That's a pretty big thing. To, that's like the Will and Grace one. Again, you're writing off this aspect of the storyline, because that's a pretty big, that's a, that's a big, heavy note for your show. <laughs> this main character who he, we watched, if we watched it for however many seasons, is dead. Well, if you can bring Bobby Ewing back, Tim, you can bring anybody back. And while that was done with such class, and everybody <laughs> agrees, such drama and thematic. No, but this, this is the thing. This is a show that prides itself on realism and tackling right. issues. Right. But for the, the sake of getting back what people want, they bring John. I mean, they could do, I almost said John Connor. What's, what's Dan Connor? Dan Connor. They bring back the savior of mankind from the future. <laughs> but no, it's like you could do a show about a widow. That is how the show was set up. You could still have the kids come back. But because of what works... Because they think people want to see the banter between the two and because of John Goodman and whatever, they negate this powerful moment. Again, that the show felt like it, it felt that felt like a nice culmination of a sure. show. Yeah. For, I'm, I'm having a different reaction to it, mostly because, I mean, only because I didn't see that finale. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't seek out even bits of information about it. Like uh, the X Files, I, I kind of stayed into because they had the movie come out, and so I kind of had to get a sense of where things were. So I had a sense of all that, and I have a sense of Will and Grace, but I didn't have a sense at all, uh, aside from the fact that Dan Connor had had a heart attack and died. I didn't realize until just recently with this revival that it was uh, all a book that she had written. That that's completely new to me. You're so not for, just hearing that from me, right? Because maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, no, that's I'm not, just what I'm I not hearing it from you. I've I've seen that. Yeah, that's. Okay. I, I, and I confirmed it. I was catching up on it, looking through uh, synopses and and whatnot. So yeah, that's research, i.e., Wikipedia. I try not to do that. I try not to research for this show. <laughs> Success. Anyway, um, for me, I'm more okay with this show, it being a comedy. Uh, even though it was kind of based in reality, I'm okay with it saying, oh, you know what? We want to come back. We want to tell some new stories in this day and age. Um, and we think it's going to work best with Dan. I'm okay with them writing that off. But again, I'm not connected to the previous ending. But as just a casual viewer, to me, that can work. I, I think it could work in some situations where it's almost like, Here's a, here's a chance for us to come back and tell some more stories. 
to do that with all the characters that we want to do it with, we're just going to say that this didn't happen. We'll make a couple jokes about it. That, that. But imagine if you went an episode to an episode and that happened in the original run. Dan died in the next episode. No, he didn't die. That would be infuriating and <laughs> it frustrating would be infuriating. and confusing. And I'm sure, you know, I'd like to know, I'd like to go back and read about the reaction to the finale when that happened, when that came out. That, I think, would have been the bigger shocker. And I, I kind of remember it happening. I wasn't watching the show at the time, but I remember it being a, a topic at the, the water coolers, which I don't think I was around. Um, <sighs> but yeah, that I think is, is more problematic. That finale is more problematic than this revival to me really for this show yeah but I, that's I, such a great that's a shock that's not what you expect that's a nice turn for a sitcom and again maybe it's because i'm not connected to it because i didn't watch I mean, it i didn't I. really I know I about it i mean yeah I, it's it's an interesting turn and i think maybe we read into it and we want to make it better than it is perhaps to me i almost feel like they realized wow we really fucked up this season with winning the lottery and all this crazy shit happening, uh, maybe it's more tragic than that. Maybe it's more important than that. And it's her having to deal with the death of her husband, which is important. And, and I mean, works. I kinda, and works. I'm going to assume it works. I haven't seen the episode. So they've cor- they, righted the sh- they corrected the ship. They righted the ship um, at the end of that season. And for me, because they did that, they had a crappy... And again, this is presumption. Again, it didn't follow it, but they had this weird season. They tried to give it some depth with the last episode, which probably wasn't planned, but they tried to fix it. And so now... See, I they, think maybe it was planned You think from, the start. from day one, when it's... they won the lottery, someone said, you know what? Roseanne is going to have a really hard time dealing with Dan's death. So let's have her pretend she won the lottery. She'll be writing a story about it. We won't tell anybody. But the whole season will be in her head. And then at the end of the season, we'll reveal that. Do you honestly, yeah, it catches you off guard. Do you honestly think that's, that was their plan? For, I don't for know. This I've always thought sitcom? it was. I always yeah, thought it was like, it's clever. let's see what happens when you take this middle-class, hard-working, struggling family and suddenly give them millions of dollars. I mean, that, I think, is a great idea. I don't know if they did a good job with that. But I that's also unrealistic, think that's, though. How often does that happen? I mean, that's the thing. Who's going to relate to that? At I, least once a year. Somebody, somebody, I don't know any of these people, but somebody wins $100 million in the lottery. I mean, that's the thing. You don't know these people, so it's hard to relate. You can relate to the tragedy part. And this used to be a show True. about relating to this family. And this is actually my bigger problem with this particular revival, this idea of relating to the show. Again, not that I was a huge Roseanne fan, but my issue, like I haven't watched this and I was, and I was kind of set to, I was curious about it, but I, and let's all be this way, I am just disgusted with Roseanne Barr's unironic and unfaltering support for this fascist regime of gun-toting Nazis. I, I, I can't reconcile yeah. that the star of this show is in love and adores the current political ruling power of Donald Trump. Like, I, I was curious to see, okay, the characters voted for Trump. That's interesting on TV. We don't see that. Right. We don't get representation of that. And it sounds like the show tries to be a conversation back and forth. And again, All in the Family did it with Carol O'Connor. Yeah. You know, but um, I, I was listening to this interview with Rob Reiner. He was, he was on a panel talking about Roseanne and he made the point. And again, ha- it's, this is a little difficult because I haven't watched the show, so I'm being a little unfair. But Rob Reiner pointed out that with everything that Archie Bunker said, the person behind it was the most liberal person in the world. Carol O'Connor, the actor, he said, you know, was further left than even Rob Reiner was. So there is a little bit of fiction. Maybe that's not safe, or maybe that's not good, but it's safe. There's a little bit of fictionalizing. This person was kind of a a jerk, and you're allowed to see that bullheaded and and naive and, and, and a racist. If the person portraying the character of Roseanne, if the individual believes this, voted for Trump, supports him, has her horrible conspiracy theories that are just fueling alt-right propaganda. If she has all that and her character has that, 
there's no separation to try to listen to it or accept it because she's the star. She's going to, in the end, it's her voice, her show. Right. And that's what I'm having a fucking problem with this. Yeah. Because I wasn't invested in it enough for Dan's death impact. It's the fact that she's right. disgusting. Her politics are grotesque. The things she says are hard. Her Twitter is toxic. There's the word I didn't want to use. Now I'm using it. It's just, it's just hatred. And there's this proudness of indulging the show with it. And, and I mean, sure, the show, if, if that's part of the country, give it some representation, fine. But the heroicness of this rich person now pretending to be blue crap, blue class, blue collar. Right. What am I trying to say? Blue grass. Playing blue grass <laughs> music. No. But the, you know this this rich millionaire with her horrible millionaire stepping on people values, portraying this blue collar worker just doesn't work now. Yeah. That's my problem with the fucking revival. There are other people in the cast, and. And I, I believe many of them have differing views. And so that was my hope, too, that it would be more of like an Archie Bunker, all in the family type of thing, where you could see differing views, have people arguing in the kitchen, just like they they, they kind of promo this as just like it is today. There are people in, in their homes arguing with their parents, arguing with their, their children about, about the state of the world. And I thought maybe that's what we'd get. But you're right. Because it's her name, her show, uh, it is very difficult to want to um, partake in in viewing and to give it any sort of uh, viewership numbers. I don't. I don't want to do that. I wish that I would see more. I just don't want to watch it. It's not a matter of being counted amongst. It's just I can't sit through that. Yeah. I can't even approach that. I would I, I, if I knew. And I've kind of read some of the uh, episode reviews. Um, and nothing has really turned my my uh, opinion towards watching it. But if I knew it was it was more of an all in the family type of reboot, where it's you get a little bit of both sides, um, perhaps I would watch it more or, or be interested. Well, except in more. all in the family, you weren't getting both sides because he was never right. That's true. He was never heroic. He was a good father, I guess. So I don't know how that show works because he was never nothing yeah. he said. For me, anyway, this is how my parents described it. They loved the show because they thought he was a blunder, blundering idiot and they liked like the Rob Reiner character and the Sally Struthers character. My mom's father could relate to some of the things Archie Bunker was saying and I guess thought he was a hero. So maybe there was this give and take. In which case, if Carol O'Connor, the actor portraying this character, had been this conservative bigoted Republican, maybe that wouldn't have worked. Like, that's odd. That is a weird crossover that should never be there. The The performer should never be infecting your view of the character because mm. that's a broken illusion. But in this case, that is, that's why I'm not going to this. Yeah. I get why they brought Dan back. It's the same argument as as, as Will and Grace in the X-Files. It's to further the, the, the show. It's just, I don't care to visit the show because of the individuals. That's what's ruining this revival for me. Because when, when the show is, I mean... Granted, I don't think anyone who has a sitcom named after them is lower class. To get to that point, you're making some money. But when she started Roseanne, she was still, it was a struggle because there weren't any show. there weren't many shows with, with female showrunners, female power running it, designing women. Had Linda Blood, Bloodworth, I think is her name. Uh, Murphy Brown, it was an amazingly female empowered show, but that, that it was limited. So she was working against things to present this character who was working against things. So it made sense. Yeah. To come back a rich person years later who is nuts and hateful, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't connect, it doesn't click, right. it doesn't work now. Yeah. And of these three, it's unfair for me to say this is the failed revival, because again, I haven't watched it. I'm scared <laughs> of it. I'm scared for what it does. So I guess that's that's bad research, listeners. Sorry. <laughs> But but each of these does beg the question of why, you know, do why revivals, why bring them back? Why not just do a new show? Why right. not do something in the vein? Like you said, there are shows that do things in the vein of the X-Files. Yeah. Why is the name recognition so important? And why do we gravitate? I mean, I was thrilled for the X-Files to come back. I was thrilled for the second season to come back after being a little let down by the first season that came back. Well, having not watched... Um, I, I've got two. Anything I've, we talked I've about got, today. I've got two answers 
for that, though. Uh, here are my two answers. I think both Will and Grace and Roseanne have come back uh, as a response to the Trump era. I think Will and Grace came back to combat it a little bit. And again, I haven't watched it, but I, f- I got that sense from the promos. And maybe you can uh, let me know. And I think perhaps Roseanne came back to to maybe show the other side of it, the, the non-Will and Grace side. Um, that was so. Why are these other actors on it? Why did they well, agree you, to it? You know, you why, wanna... why is um, why is Whitney Cummings the head writer for? Well, it? well, that's the thing. These aren't her politics. That's the thing. We might need to watch the episodes, Tim, and see that perhaps we are wrong about it, and that it is sort of a, um, a balanced view, and maybe even a left-leaning view uh, with with how it's presented. I think for the X but Files, it's spoiled here's, for here's me. my second. Yeah. Uh, but here's my second answer. I think for the X-Files, I think it's just because it's name recognition and it's something that, that they don't have to put much risk into because it has a fan base. I mean, you watched every episode this season, did you not? I did. So, You're correct. You know, you, you helped pay for that advertising and, and they made their money. So I think there's that aspect of it as well. But I think the creators of, of Will and & Grace and, and Roseanne pushed for political reasons and and new storytelling reasons and i think x-files just came back for the paychecks and i think a lot of people just come back for paychecks on on all three of those shows i don't know the, i mean the, everyone in the will and grace is giving it their all they're really good it's really strong and it does feel like the show it does feel like the show never left and well, that's way. the one i'm gonna watch then Check out that finale, and no, but no, it's, and it's good. But yeah, the X Files was a misstep. It was anticlimactic. It was difficult. It almost made me not like the X Files for a bit. But I don't know. Maybe, and that's the thing. If it was a reboot, if it was the X Files from the ground up, it's like we're recasting Mulder, we're recasting Scully, we're gonna flip it somehow. Whatever we're gonna do, there's gonna be aliens, but it's gonna be different, and we're gonna know now the however you know because shows are written and produced differently now. Right. If it was that, if it was a full-on reboot, it wouldn't have been made for me. I would know that. You know, it would be made for a new audience. It would be made for like a new a new group. But since it's a revival, since it's pulling back the same performers and it's playing off the same stories that can only make me think that it was made for me that i am the target right. and that's what's so confusing about it yeah i don't think i want any of these shows to come back i don't like the idea of it coming back as a series i don't like the idea that roseanne already has a second revived season ordered but i wouldn't mind seeing you know i like seeing you know here's a film or here's a, a short eight episode run um that that continues the story but does it well and isn't just like a cash grab or uh here's our our six episode trump campaign slogan something Mm -hmm. you know i don't i don't think it's necessarily something that shouldn't be done i think there are ways to do it and uh as long as i don't i I think getting back to our, our kind of our first point here as long as it doesn't null and void what's happened before it um i think it could work okay I think that's that's at the heart of it, I guess, and why it's weird that people call these shows reboots when they're not. They are just their revivals, their returns. And I think you're right. I think it's difficult when it nulls and voids it, even though I can tolerate it because Will and Grace works. But yeah, that ultimately was. Yeah, you're right. That's that's what did the X Files in. Why I'm just I'm just agreeing with you in multiple I'll take words it. now. Good job. Uh, thank Good you. Good job. Yeah, you Let's can have end it. it that way. All right. On a we'll end it on a Bob note. On a Bob note. So why don't you do the closing thing? Sure thing. Here. Thank you, listeners, for uh, listening um, because that's what listeners do. And um, you can maybe do the closing uh, thing here. Seek out all of our other 61 episodes or 60 episodes at uh, 20popcast.com you can download us on iTunes and all sorts of other platforms whatever you prefer Stitcher Google Play name two more Blog FM Stitcher (laughs) you can also follow us Google Play you can follow us on Twitter Uh, you can follow me at RH Canning Tim, where can they find you? 
Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at Subcultist. Uh, that's actually where Gretchen, who suggested this episode, reached out to me at. Thank you, Gretchen. Curiously, and I, I put this out there to see what people think, what you think, Bob. Should the show itself have a Twitter page? I know people say it does, but does it just make sense for us to promote it on our own? Does anybody really want to follow another thing? Or is it are people out there looking for 20 podcasts on Twitter and can't find it? I know the answer to that is no. I don't know why I'm proposing <laughs> that question. Well, we, yes, can, can, we, we can see if anybody wants to suggest it. Uh, like Gretchen uh, did, you can uh, respond to Subcultist or at RH Canning and uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, yes. You can also find us on our, our Facebook page. We do have a Facebook page, so that's sort of a thing to follow we um, do. for 20 Podcast. That's right. And um, if, if, if the double digits of people who are following it can maybe get a couple more people to follow we have a triple digit that would be great but uh yes thank you bob well done uh thanks for listening well this done week. well done well done well you did comma, that well well comma done see that that's getting into uh, do you remember the the joke you're talking about about um, um sold out that <laughs> yeah. seems along that we're, line we're gonna like, bring what? that back well i'm just wondering why would i say well done that's not how people talk <laughs> no it's not that's not how i talk all right but um was that a revival you'd want to see more of uh more sold, sold out. out jokes perhaps sold perhaps. out you know what revival i'd like to see i'd like to see I, a revival of catchphrase oh yeah because because it's been we've been lost without it although i feel like the last time it was mentioned we we're like now we're not doing it anymore so we'd be kind of uh wiping that from the slate Maybe that's what we're supposed to do today. What about like a new generation of, of catchphrase? Like it's a catchphrase, but it's different. It's like now it's like one of them has bumps on his head and one has a visor. And and then and, and Whoopi Goldberg is an alien. That might work. <laughs> that could work. That might work. I think we'll try that. So, yes, next week, uh, expect expect a Guinan-like delivery of our old catchphrase. Hmm. I liked your idea. I don't know why I just stepped all over it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I ruined it. I ruined it. <laughs> All right. I'd like the episode to end with you just saying I ruined it. I think they do. <laughs> I think most of them do. If I don't say it, I feel like it's implied. <laughs> <laughs>